How are you, first of all? I'm good. I'm good. Um, nine o'clock in the morning, New York City. Uh, is it nine o'clock over there, too? Yeah, yeah, it's the same time. Just Toronto. Okay. Like we're just a bit north of you. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. No, it's all good here. It's not a very nice day. Um, cold and humid and quite rainy. So we've been having this not so nice weather these past few days. But it's typical of this time of the year in New York City. Um, but otherwise, I'm good. We, I'm good. We had you. We had a, a huge rain yesterday. That's why you guys are getting it today, probably. It's coming from Canada. <laughs> yes, yes, a present from you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking what to talk about, and I thought, like, let's get like super technical because I looked at your posts, and at first when I when I saw it, I thought you were actually in a studio, and it made mm-hmm. and it made the, the video so like cool, and then I I scrolled down. Even after our chat, like I just this morning, I like scrolled more to look through it mm-hmm. to find like very interesting stuff that, that you do. And like, it's actually a green screen. So yes. I thought, and then you had the lights and you had like, so I thought maybe we should get really technical in helping people in, in terms of, I bet a lot of people would want a better quality in in their home, especially now that people are mostly at home. Right. So yeah. And I remember like a few years ago, I actually did a, I went to Home Depot and I bought like those construction lights and I just put them up on like different things and, and it did make it a lot better. Like I took some pictures of myself, like I needed profile pictures mm-hmm. and, um, and I had like, like, I didn't know what angle to put it at because like every time you move those lights a little bit, it, they shift and the shadows appear and like all that stuff. And I noticed you had like, I did two lights, one on the left and one on the right. And I was like tricky to, I needed one on the top maybe or something. I don't know. Yeah. So maybe let's get technical in terms of like how a person could build uh, visually and maybe also audio. Because I think, yeah. So maybe not, not, not take too long of of your time and stuff. I don't want to um, get in your day, but maybe like the, the most important things that you think are needed for a person to like maybe, Again, not a huge production at home, but just something that will improve their their home quality. Mm, for sure, for sure. So, okay, so um, let me just maybe introduce myself and so that the people who are listening to this podcast can know who is this guy talking. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so my name is uh, David Ito. I'm originally from Spain. Um, I'm half Japanese and um, I... I've done several things in my lifetime, uh, but during the last uh, decade, I've been working um, in the filmmaking, documentary filmmaking, video production field. Mm-hmm. So I come from a whole completely different background. I used to work for the Red Cross in the United Nations as a child nutritionist, but things change and interests change. And then I decided to go into film, filmmaking, came to New York City, went to film school, and then that's where... You know, my life just changed uh, radically. Um, I'm also a yoga practitioner and a yoga teacher. And uh, in these times of coronavirus, of stay home, self-quarantine, etc., um, I've been really uh, developing further my own video productions of my yoga classes. So I teach online. I also produce videos Um by myself so this is a one person show uh and um uh, so what i have to what i do these days is a teach online b coach other teachers not just yoga but wellness uh general wellness meditation teachers uh pilates teachers as you know like people have to make a living so everybody is recurring to online teaching the problem is that online teaching um, it's not just about doing a selfie video. I mean, it, it, it can be, but the challenge here for many of us is how do we produce videos that even if they're not studio professional quality, they're still good enough for people to watch. And the problem, I mean, a problem, the situation is that since the enlargement, uh, the enlargement of broadband about five, 10 years ago, um, 
we now have such access to high quality video that even unconsciously when you open a video and it doesn't appeal you don't even know why you don't even know what's what's wrong with the video you just click out away and, or, and you move on to the next one so what is it that keeps people watching obviously the content has to be good uh, so people will know if you are full of crap within the first 15 seconds people will know yep. but it's also about the aesthetics and it's also about the production quality so obviously now our eyes know the difference between an SD and HD, a full HD and a 4K image. We just know, we're just used to it. Um, people, you know, we, we all have smartphones. Uh, our smartphones have higher resolution every day. So uh, we just, we can tell whether something was shot in the, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, or it's something completely new. Plus the style, you know, the, the angles, everything changes, filmmaking, videography changes. So um, I've been coaching people on how to, I call it up their game and live stream like a pro. That's kind of the, my sales pitch um, for my clients. And basically uh, people think that they can just turn the, you know, the, the selfie camera on their phones and then plant the phone wherever and then start talking and teach a class. Well, the fact is there are hundreds of thousands of people streaming, trying to make a living teaching now. So it's becoming really competitive. So if you want people not only to watch your video, but actually pay you even just for a donation, because a lot of people are going for donation based now, like myself, your video needs to be up to scratch. So that's what's taking people to realize that until now, especially for the um, wellness and the sports industry, you went to your nearest gym or to the gym that suited you, which was still within some sort of you know, proximity. Um, now that's not the case. We're homebound. Um, probably gyms and studios are going to be the last businesses to open because that's where most of the contagion happens. It's a closed space. The air is not being, it's not flowing freely. There's a lot of lungs breathing very heavily. And as we know, uh, COVID-19 is exchanged equally through surfaces as it is through air. So when you have someone just a foot away who's also doing a yoga flow and breathing and perspiring, you are exchanging a lot of air. So if public health um, is, is considered, the risk of, uh, you know, contagion is considered, probably uh, gyms and uh, yoga studios and the such will be some of the last things to open because there's no social distancing and there's a lot of share, air sharing. So my, this is my opinion, of course, but I think that online videos are here to stay for a while. I don't know how long, but for a while. And that's where I think some of the yoga teachers are now hopping into this wagon a little bit late thinking, oh, maybe the yoga studios will open more. In my personal opinion, it's going to be months, months. I agree with you because yeah. uh, at the same time, they, we were already everyone, every job sphere, everything was already going in that direction that mm -hmm. we're more and more online things are going to happen. So now it's just COVID put everyone in the world in the same kind of uh, playing field. And uh, yeah, but like you said, that yoga studios and gyms might be the last places to open because they're so concentrated on like sweat and people being using the same machinery, using the same mats, even at some point, like there's mm -hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, um, my, my personal, um, my opinion is that it's, yes, it's surface, uh, the, 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 the vectors, the way to catch it is definitely surfaces of your sharing machines with the sweat and everything, but it's also the air and yeah, people yeah. go to the gym to work out. And when you're working out, it's like sneezing and coughing. You are, your breath, your lungs are yep. uh, projecting a lot of vapor, a lot of, and, and the micro particles of the, the vapor and the, and all the breathing that's coming out through you. That's where the, yep, the yep. Is. Anyway, so coming back to the technical part, which is why I think that people really need to up their game. People who are trying to show themselves, make a living, teaching classes. 
So I um, started uh, following a lot of people on Instagram live and people that, you know, just as a research project and just kind of making my own assessment of what's wrong with, with video classes um, uh, on, on social media, especially. So obviously it's gonna depend on your camera. People don't realize that the front camera and the rear camera have different resolutions. So mm -hmm. already, you know, if you want to maximize, use the camera on your phone or your laptop or your tablet that has the highest resolution. And people don't realize. People just think that, you know, whatever is fine. If I can see myself clearly as, as I look at the phone, then it's fine. Well, not everybody is, you know, like happy to watch a blurry uh, image. So number one, Go into your specs, go, go online, find out from all the gear that you have, which is the best camera. Um, Usually on the phone, it's the back. Exactly. Exactly. Which at the same time makes it hard for people because it's so much easier to look at the front camera because you can see yourself. Mm -hmm. Well, totally. You have to like, and I mean, put the camera, uh, do the video and then come back to it, see that angle and then come back and, and I guess record the the yeah. session or whatever yeah for you sure find those angles <laughs> exactly but okay so here's trick number one that i'm gonna give to uh your listeners um most people have more than one screen more than one gadget more than one mm -hmm. device so find whichever has the highest resolution use that to stream and then use another gadget another whether it's your laptop or a tablet or an old phone and join that class that stream and then mm -hmm. you can use that to monitor yourself mm -hmm. yep. so obviously you know that's how they do it in studios you know you have six screens screens for everybody there's one screen to show the anchor or the the um, the person who's talking, whatever, um, to see themselves. And then there's also screens for the videographers. There's screens for the producers. So it's like there's a bunch of monitors that are being used. Well, then, you know, use your other devices as monitors so that as you are teaching, a, when I teach my class, I always have a second monitor to be able to watch myself. A, to know that, you know, the stream is still happening. Yeah. If yeah. you get caught off halfway, for some reason, or your internet goes down, or your bandwidth goes down, or your microphone. We'll talk about microphones later. Mm -hmm. So obviously using um, a second monitor, a, a monitor basically. So number one, choosing your camera properly. Set Number two, how do you frame your image? Of course, you know, in this recording, in this podcast, I can't teach you all, everything that people study and practice in a lifetime on how to frame and how at camera angles, but let me just tell you something. When you put a camera and it's looking downwards, you know, a lot of people think, oh, if I find an angle from the top of my cabinet and that's gonna get like a longer, wider um, framing, then that's gonna be great because you can see all of it. Well, let me tell you something, top down is anti-glamorous. It makes us look small. Um, in filmmaking, when they want to make a character uh, like bad and ugly and just like not pleasing for the audience, then they use a top-down angle. The contrary is when you have a bottom-up, a down-under. That's to make you big, look big, maximize, praise the character, etc. So think about both. Um, obviously, uh, space is an issue for a lot of people. And a lot of people don't have big rooms, big living rooms. People are sharing, have roommates, housemates, partners, wives, husbands, everything. So you can't always have full access to a whole space. So that's why a lot of people, they find a little corner and then with a terrible angle, well, this is something to consider. And maybe you need to negotiate with the rest of the people you're living with. You know, like <laughs> when you go live, try to have a bigger space so that you can have a better angle. So I personally like to shoot my yoga classes from maybe a foot to a foot above the ground. That's where I place my camera. Now, I don't use um, tablets or uh, laptops. I have a 4K Sony camera that I plug into my laptop and then my laptop streams that. But 
I assume that 99.9% .9 of the population do not have this kind of gear and the cables required and the video capture device to pass on from either Handycam or a camera to their laptops, from the laptops to whichever platform there. So if, if, if it's just a tablet, a phone, or whatever you're using, may, I find that the most pleasing for these kind of classes is either eye level, if it's just like a talking, if you're doing a video podcast, if you're doing an interview, if you're just talking to camera, eye level is good. If you're teaching something where you're moving around, you're doing like a Pilates class, a meditation class, a yoga class or whatever, um, completely in the on the floor is sometimes your feet look really big if you get close your knees you know what i mean well if you put yeah. the camera a foot or two above which is you know just the right height i think for a variety of positions wherever you are i'm of course i'm thinking more of a class where you're doing stuff like a yoga class a pilates class etc yeah um so that's the camera angle now the framing how close and how far um sometimes people teach um and either their face is really close to the camera which also distorts you and cameras just are not made to have a face so close or the contrary some people like they're just like in a tiny little corner in the frame it's like well you need to think if you can move backwards and forwards it's like um it's like in theater, you know, you have backstage, middle stage and front stage. So if you are talking to the camera and you're explaining something that doesn't require you moving your arms, your body or showing, if it's just a telling and not showing, come closer to the camera, but still being glamorous, you know, like don't get so close that you can only see like part of your face. Make sure that you're seeing the entire head. And then if you are going into the showing part of your class, move backwards, sit further back so that your body can show, you know, you can show your audience what you're doing. And if you're doing like a full yoga class, probably you need to show the entire yoga mat and your entire body. So before going online, go into a yoga pose that has the most body extension, like a, in yoga, we called uh, uh, high prayer, Urdhvahastasana, you know, and just like reach your arms up. Make sure that when you're doing Urdhvahastasana, that your whole body fits in. Another problem that people do is um, they leave a lot of space between where the feet are and the head is. And all of a sudden, the body is just on the top half of the frame. So, you know, play around and make sure that which, uh, as you plan your class, some classes require more space. Some classes require less space. Um, if you're just doing like a video podcast and you're just talking to the camera, you don't have a problem. So most of the recommendations I'm giving are for people who are more moving. They're teaching and moving at the same time. Right. I just wanted to quickly uh, maybe mention or add to what you were saying. When you were saying that we need to search for the best resolution camera that we have and use that one. Also, I think if we don't have that option, right, if we have just the phone, uh, adding light increases the, like, the, I don't, I don't, it wouldn't, I wouldn't say resolution, but it, it increases the quality of the video, right? Absolutely. So, if, like, you can come to, like, uh, so you're not, yeah, so you're by the window, for example, if there's a lot of light coming from, from the window, I'm, like, talking about for people who, like, really have no other options, but, like, one phone, nothing else, no equipment, anything, but using those windows at home for that natural light. So like something doing the video, planning the video to when there's a, enough light coming in and that really, really improves the video quality, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, through they, basically what I go through, I'm, I'm right now I'm following kind of the order of the things that I review when I talk to my clients, because I give consultations online, right? Through right. my company, um, Tombo Productions. Uh, so my website is tomboproductions.com slash streaming. Um, mm -hmm. And um, so basically we talk about cameras, we talk about camera resolutions, then we talk about framing and we play around. So we go on Zoom or we go on something, you know, like uh, Skype or whatever, and we start practicing. And then I tell them, bring the laptop up, bring the lap a little bit further. So we spend a good, mm -hmm. you know, like half an hour trying to find the different angles and working with what they have. And right. then this brings me to the next 
topic, which is lighting, which you have very <laughs> smartly brought up. So mm. lighting is crucial. Um, and unfortunately, the cameras that we use in our phones, in our laptops, in our any of these devices, um, except for a professional camera, they self-adjust the shutter speed, the uh, aperture, and the ISO. So for non-technical people, basically just cameras do their own thing. They have a software where they're trying to make it look the best as possible. Now, best as possible for the camera does not mean best as possible that you what you want. So um, as you've just said, Vitali, um, if you have a bright window behind you and your face is not illuminated by anything, your face on camera is going to be super dark and your viewers will not like that viewers need to see a clear face otherwise they'll just leave they'll they'll, they'll really click away or just like swipe away in, within five seconds they see a dark face with a bright background boom they're gone so um yeah unless if your instagram is called mysterious dark logo <laughs> <laughs> then maybe it could be like the perfect location <laughs> exactly if you want to have like one of these um thriller kind of thriller, settings, you know? spy movie kind of effect yeah, yeah. <laughs> or i don't know if you're streaming from a country where you cannot show your face for whatever yeah. reason yeah. then you actually use <laughs> use that to your advantage yeah <laughs> but basically yes we okay so this is a rule of thumb um for all you people trying to live stream like a pro your face and your body needs to be as lit or more preferably more than your background let me, mm -hmm. let me repeat that. Your face, the light that is reflected on your face needs to be brighter for your camera's you know, lens. It needs to, you need to show brighter than your background. So shooting against a window is really bad. It's, it just looks terrible. And because we can, it's very difficult to manually control the settings and the exposure on our cameras, then just don't do that unless you have a lot of lighting. Um, you know, you were saying before that you went to a hardware store or a construction store, whatever, and you bought, you know, construction lights. Then, yes, and that's you need a lot of lights because imagine you how many lights do you need in your home to compete with the sunlight that's coming? You're competing with the sun. So you need a lot of lights. For example, when I shoot, um, I close the curtains because. I want the lights that I'm using to really uh, make me stand out. So if, you know, you have no other choice, you have no other choice. But otherwise, well, find another angle in your room, in your living room, wherever you're shooting from. Um, and, you know, find something that's pleasing to the eye. A lot of people, you know, they don't want the window. They got that lesson down. But then they're shooting against a white wall thinking, well, I don't want to show anything of my private space. Well, this is your call. But honestly, if you have students, unless you your house is a complete mess, find somewhere that has some information about you. How do you think set designers and um, art directors choose backgrounds for movies, for videos, forever? They choose a background that talks to the people and, and contributes to develop a character or uh, the situation in that scene. So you do the same, you know, like everybody knows that we're in quarantine. So, you know, we're going to show our homes or part of our homes. We'll show something that's nice. And even it doesn't have to be like the full living room disclosure, you know, if you're very private, but find somewhere where you can show something that relates to you. Like if you are a yoga teacher, why don't you put a few blocks and a few cushions and a few blankets on the side next to you? All right, so you're home, but you already have kind of a yoga studio set. Um, if you are, I don't know, a podcaster or whatever, um, your gadgets, find something, you know, like that, that talks about, to, to, talks a little bit about you as, as a person. Um, so finding something within the frame that also contributes to telling your story is very important. But let's go back to the lighting. As you, Vitali, as you were saying a moment ago, um, light is crucial. 
a second point why light is crucial is because when you are not lit enough, let's forget about the windows, forget about the sunlight. Imagine you're just in a dark, darkish room. And when you look at yourself on your selfie, uh, like on your phone, you can still see yourself and you're thinking, okay, this is good. Well, guess what? When people watch that on a larger screen, like a laptop, and some people even cast a lot of this stuff to their uh, televisions or their screens or whatever, you can see the pixelation, which is terrible. Pixelation happens um, when it's uh, shot at low resolution and then projected in a higher resolution screen, or when your camera is using the auto ISO. And basically ISO in cameras is used to basically open up more the amount of light that goes into the lens of the camera. So this is digitally done. And the more the ISO opens in the camera, then the brighter the image becomes. However, it comes at a price. Then it starts to create artifacts and noise. It's called digital noise. Digital noise, we see it as pixelation. Fuzzy, blurry, especially fuzzy um, parts of the image. So we obviously don't like that. If you're in a dark space and you start shooting, it's going to look very muddy, pixelated, and ugly. So once again, we want our selves to be so bright or bright enough so that the camera doesn't have to start using the ISO. Unfortunately, we can't measure this. Um, we don't have like a setting that in your camera says, oh, the phone has cranked up ISO. But you can play around and see how the ISO happens and you know by trying different uh, light exposures. But once again, what I recommend is Bring all the lights you can, and if you can, use the natural sunlight to reflect on your face. So instead of shooting against the window, it's from the window towards you. And that way mm -hmm. your face can be illuminated. And as you said before, some people don't have lights, and they just have their phone. Well, then find a bright time of the day and use the natural sunlight coming from a window, assuming that you have access to a window, of course. Um, and and shoot that way. But really, we need to, the, the best way to control the ISO is by really having a lot of light on you so that the camera doesn't have to crank up the ISO. So that is, if, if there is one message, take home message, that would be it. Use more light on yourself, use natural light and other sources of light. Um, and then uh, sound. All right, so um, a lot of people, most people, I would say m the vast majority of teachers that I see in, on Instagram, on Facebook Live, on YouTube Live, everybody who's trying to stream these days, they are not using a microphone other than the microphone from the device they're streaming from. So if you are a foot away, maybe, I don't know, like, you know, you, you know very close to your phone, that's still fine. Um, but if you th start moving away and you're doing your yoga class and you're teaching your Pilates or you're doing your whatever, you are going to start getting so much reverb. So for non-technical people, reverb versus echo. Echo is when it actually repeats, like the whole sound repeats. Reverb is just the like the sound bouncing around in the space that you are in. And let's face it, we live in uh, rooms where most of the walls are not covered by cloth or by um, by any kind of like material. So the sound is bouncing around like crazy. So you really need a microphone on you. So this is, if you really want to step up your game, then you need a microphone. Now, there are many types of microphones and wireless is obviously the way to go. So most of us have, you know, headsets, earphones, wireless earphones, the big brands being the AirPods or the uh, Beats Pro and the such, you know, I'm not recommending any of them, but uh, there's a bunch of tutorials. You can go online and see uh, which ones sound better than others. But basically they work through Bluetooth technology.
And the problem with Bluetooth technology is that you can, within these uh, wireless earphones, they have a microphone because you can also talk through them. So uh, the problem is with Bluetooth that they're meant for listening and they're meant for listening music, especially. So the microphones on these little things are not great. Um, the higher you go on the price range from the cheapy little ones to the ones that cost 200, 250 bucks, obviously the microphones are better and also the bandwidth of the sound that is going into the microphone and then streamed into your device, your phone or whatever is obviously better. But it's already better than nothing, but the sound is gonna be a little bit flat, yeah. okay? But flat is still okay. People will still listen to your class, to your podcast, even if the sound is flat, you know, as long as it's clear. People will stop listening to you if you have so much reverb that it's difficult for them to hear you, all right? The third option, obviously, first option is nothing. Second option is, you know, these headsets, these earphones with microphones, these wireless Bluetooth microphones. And then the third one being, like, um, a more professional um, uh, radio frequency wireless microphones, which is the kind that I use, the Sennheisers that are used in film, in filmmaking, but those cost over 500 bucks. And not everybody has that kind of money or wants to invest that kind of money in this current recession situation. So mm -hmm. I just want to say that these are the options and you have to make do. So if you have nothing and you'd have no budget, then maybe you want to stream closer to your microphone, wherever, if it's your phone, if it's like, well, you know, any chance you have, come closer to the camera, come to front stage, as I call it, and then talk to the camera. Um, another sound issue is music. Some people, they're playing music in their homes, in their studio, well, not studios, in their homes as they're teaching the class. That makes the sound worse. So what I recommend is tell your students to go into your iTunes or Spotify or whatever you use and then let them use, you know, you send them a link to your playlist and then they can play it at home with their music. But don't stream, don't live stream with your room music because that's just going to make the reverb and the music and all that get so muddled that it's going to be difficult for people to listen and hear you that's the problem it's like if people can't hear your instructions or what you're saying then they're gone in 10 seconds they're gone so try to have as much silence in the room as possible and obviously try to project not everybody has public speaking experience um talking to camera projecting the voice modulating the voice but you know try to speak towards the microphone if you don't have these you know bluetooth earphone headsets whatever now that I'm thinking about it, it's audio could be even more important than lighting in a way, because oftentimes when you, I mean, for a super technical guy like you, it might be like, it's all the same. Everything needs to be improved. But now that I think of it, like when I open a video that's, that has like audio, when someone is walking outside and there's like wind noise and all that stuff, you kind of, oh, I can't hear anything. I'll just skip through it. Like audio, the, the video quality could be not HD. But if the audio is very, like, it, you almost feel like the person is mm -hmm. near you, like, it's very, it's, like, it's, it's very good, then it just seems to be, like, I'll, I'll, I'll listen through okay. it because that, that, that uh, sound input is so, so good. Now that I just kind of reflected on some videos that I saw before, like, if audio is, and, and that I made mm -hmm. myself, if the audio is bad, I really yeah. don't like it. The video is, like... So so, but the audio is is perfect. Then Absolutely. yeah, it, it, it could totally, work. Totally, totally, you're you're spot on. Audio, especially yeah. just uh, sorry for interrupting you. Especially when there's yoga instruction, because oftentimes like we just want to have that good um, audio for the instructions, mm -hmm. right? So we we might be on the mat like doing some yoga, but we might not even be looking at the screen, but we want to hear it very well for that for those instructions. Totally, totally, I cannot agree with you anymore. That is so true, Vitali. Um, audio people will, you know, will tolerate an image that is not full HD or SD, or even if the lighting is not great, you know. But especially for classes, 
sound is so important. So I know that these are rough times for all of us. I'm freelance, so let me tell you, I'm struggling too, um, to, to pay my mm -hmm. bills. But um, have investing, just have a sound strategy. Just don't like wing it and say, oh, I'm just gonna turn on my phone. And I'm just gonna speak loud. No, like try to close the doors. Make sure that your roommates, if you have roommates, are not playing music. If you live in with your partner, you know, make sure that there's no other like set noise in the room. That's very distracting, and it's it, it's it looks unprofessional. Um, so try to control the soundscape as much as possible, and try to make it crisp. So um, even if you only have fifty bucks, there are you know, like these AirPod copies, you know, that we see out there. And, you know, mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not yep, supporting yep. the AirPods or any other, but um, that is better than nothing. Even if it's flat and tinny, um, it's already close to your mouth and every word is heard clearly, even if, you know, the EQ is, is flat. It's way better than you on the mat teaching and getting all that reverb. And then also bear in mind that when you're teaching yoga, we're doing a lot of demoing. And when you demo, you can't always look towards the camera. So imagine you're doing, I don't know, like um, a child's pose, just as easy as a child's pose. And you're demoing the child's pose. So obviously, like, you know, your, your face is almost on the mat or is on the mat. And your arms are around your ears, you know, it's like, how can you project your voice in that position towards your smartphone that is, you know, a few meters away? Um, that's just, they're not going to hear you. Uh, you're going to have to screaming. You're going to lose your voice. It's going to sound terrible. So get yourself something, even if it's a cheap $50 um, uh copies of the airpods and stuff. you know it doesn't have to be a copy of the airpods just another one. something something is better than yeah it makes me makes me think too that when you record with your wireless um i don't know what you called it Sen yeah. sennheiser mm -hmm. or yeah. something yeah like does it record a separate audio file and then you have to link the the video and the audio or is it wireless but it's also just recording along the video so you're not have you don't have to edit it like right. you have to like move yeah. the audio file do you have to move no, the audio file? No. no i could if i wanted to but i don't um so it's it's perfectly like with exactly with the video. exactly so okay because i was thinking if someone doesn't have that but maybe like a lot of people like buy new phones and they have an old phone what if they put that old phone record the audio closer to them and but but see that would be a separate audio totally file, right so, so they exactly. would have to play around so pros and cons if you're doing live so i'm basically yeah. most of the recommendations i'm giving you uh, here today um is for live streaming and in live streaming you don't have the option to edit so it's basically <laughs> right. what you're doing is what yeah. your your students what your audience is seeing and there basically the wireless uh set a wireless microphone set has Two, two pieces. One is the, actually three. There is the lavalier microphone that is hidden. It's normally tucked inside your clothes or just around your ears or behind your neck or something. Um, normally it's not showing or it's showing just very little. Um, and then that's wired to the emitting pack or it's just like, you know, something that you clip onto your clothes, onto your pants, your underwear, wherever you can put that, you know. Um, and then that <laughs> yep. wirelessly transmits to the receiver, which is another little box, a, a piece of equipment. And then that connects, that has an audio jack, and then that connects to, in live streaming, the camera. The camera. In, in more like non-streaming, then it's to your um, audio recorder, or and then to the camera or not. So then you have options. Um, Mm -hmm. I, uh, because in live streaming, I can't, um, I can't EQ my sound. So it goes direct, you know, so the sound is very clear, but if you go into my website and you listen to the sound of my classes, it's probably going to sound like right now, um, you know, which is clear, but not like full voice. The voice is, it's just not so like natural sounding. However, when I do my non-live productions, 
you're going to hear that, you know, my sound is so full because I've worked the sound because I recorded it, as you said before. Then I go into my audio mastering software and I, I beautify my own voice. This is normal. This is not just me. You know, this is what you do yeah. with voice recordings, you know? And then you change the EQs. Right. Maybe there's a little bit of noise or hiss or whatever. You remove that. Then you make your voice sound better, a little fuller, a little bit more lower the frequencies or whatever. And then that's what you um, sync with your video. Um, and so, but that's not going to be the case for most people. Most people don't know about sound mastering and video editing, and they're just streaming live. So in that case, um, as I was saying before, having some sort of wireless microphone, even if it's just like these earbuds, these headsets, things, then that's better than nothing. Um, so again, two pieces, two take-home messages from today's podcast is make sure your audio is clean and clear. So no music in the background. Don't have your dogs barking. Don't have your neighbor or your roommate playing, <laughs> you know, like loud music in the other room next door because it's going to be heard. And then use light. Use natural yeah. light or other sources of light to illuminate your face. So obviously, like in my uh, consultations with my clients, um, we, we, we do practice live, obviously, you know. I have people in California, I have people here in New York City. Um, so it's, you know, we do these things online and then I, I sit with them well, I, virtually and we review everything, all of these steps. And then I tell them, turn on this lamp, turn off that lamp, you know, set design. All right. Can you bring mm -hmm. more lamp? What else do you have at home? So we really try to, ma well, I'm hearing a lot of reverb. And then I ask them to hang blankets on some walls that are not in the frame because blankets also dampen or they absorb the reverb. So, and corners are especially bad. The corners are where the sound is really rebounding, rebouncing. So sometimes, you know, it's like, put this here, put a towel there. And as long as it's not seen on camera, then you can kind of soundproof your roofs as well. So with my clients, we go through light, we go through the technical. And then sometimes, you know, I'm like, well, you've gone from a D to a B, all right? Just with maximizing and right. through this consultation. Now, if you're going to want to go from a B to an A, you're going to have to make a little investment and often what i you know generally the investments that i tell people to make either it's on the sound side or on the lighting side or on the camera side it's never more than a few hundred bucks i make no money out of this i do not get a commission i just tell people what i my favorite brands are my favorite webcams are my favorite um uh, Bluetooth earphones are and if they want to take it a notch higher then I tell them which um, radio frequency wireless microphones the ones that are maybe not as expensive as the ones that I use the Sennheiser which are over 500 bucks but uh, there are others in the 200 to 300 range but that's like if you want to turn this into like a pro situation and you know that you know you're going to be teaching online for the next foreseeable future then that's when I tell people you, if you want to stand out uh, over, what's it on my website? I have the statistics on my website. Um, there are more than 100,000 registered yoga teachers just in the United States. They're all looking for clients. Mm -hmm. They're all looking for students. Students are no longer paying their gym memberships or their yoga studio memberships. Why? <laughs> Why would you do that? Because you know, you now you have all this other content. You don't need to go to your yoga studio. Why pay 150 bucks or more to go to at least at New York City prices? I'm sorry. Um, so people are shopping around. And when people shop around, they'll stick to the teachers who have clear audio, clear uh, image and, and visuals. Of course, the content is as or more important. If you're a bad teacher, forget it. People are not going to stay even if you look super perfect. But uh, assuming that your content yeah. is good, then you really want to stand out by having much better um, image and sound. So um, that's something that I work with my clients. Again, my website is tomboproductions.com slash streaming if you want to um, see my streaming. Um, 
I'll leave those on in, in the description as well. I wanted to ask you a last, sure. last question. Is in this in this time when there's so much content, and it's not just through Instagram, it's not just through YouTube. There's Facebook, there's podcasting, there's TikTok yeah. now. There's so much. There's and I know you're the quality guy, but when when it comes to quality quantity, like there's a lot of people who are afraid to start. They want to teach. But they are afraid of like, oh, I don't have the right camera, I don't have the light, the right light, I don't have the right audio. But what, what's your viewpoint on just at least starting and having some content, right? Is it in the beginning at least? Is it better to just start because maybe it's your passion to be a teacher? So maybe I know we've talked about quality and how important it is, right? And obviously it is. Like it's um, the more you do it, like the more you need to improve your quality, and you're the guy to like tell how to do it. But when it comes to just starting. What's your viewpoint on like, just do it or like, or what? What can you say about like quantity versus? Quality? <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's a tough call. And <clears throat> sorry, I am not an expert in social media. I'm also learning a lot since coronavirus, um, right. and I am pushing myself to produce more, to be more out there. Um, mm -hmm. uh, to be honest, I think I've been like kind of old school. So even my Instagram, if you go through my Instagram, you'll see that I haven't been posting for 10 years or I don't know how long people start when people started posting on Instagram, but like, I'm kind of late on the social media, uh, realm myself. But what I do know is that when people open whatever platform it is, whether you are on TikTok or, you know, YouTube or Facebook or whatever, they're going to want to see a little bit of who you are, what you've produced and how much you have. So there's definitely a minimum amount for people to say, okay, this person seems to be somewhat established. When you go into whichever channel it is or whichever platform and you see that someone only has like three videos, obviously the first thing you're going to think is, this person is, you know, they, they're not producing a lot of content. So why follow them? Because we like to follow people who have enough content for me to use that as a distraction or as a learning source of whatever. So there is a minimum amount of content. So if you're starting from scratch, then yes, I would say start producing stuff. It doesn't have to be long, but just like it's, it's almost like a facade. It's marketing. So have... I can't come up with a number, but at least, I don't know, like 10, 15 posts, videos, whatever podcasts it is, so that people see that it's, you know, more than 10. Yeah. A real exactly. person. That it's, real you know, there is something behind. <laughs> um, and then um, that's kind of just to fool the mind and the viewers from hoping that they're not going to not follow you or not coming back to you just because you have very little content but definitely having having a bit of a base is is important and then you know if you're listening to this podcast with the advice that I've just given you you're already going to start from a much higher level than the vast majority of people who have no idea they just turn on their phones their cameras on their phones and they, they start talking and or, or doing photos or, or videos or whatever and and it looks looks really bad so um definitely quantity quality there's a balance to have there not everybody is gonna have like a like a producer i'm a video producer and as a documentarian so obviously i'm very kind of picky about how i produce things and the lighting and the stage design and my sound and this and that and what i'm wearing is it great for you know like so not everybody needs to be yeah. that picky but as we said before two things make sure that you're you can people can hear you maybe sound for any kind of meditation classes i know that you're also into meditation vitali you know so tell your students like make sure that the sound is clear and secondly have light on your face make sure that you are as lit or more than your background those are the two key messages in cinematography and sound that i give to your <laughs> listeners and your viewers perfect perfect i really appreciate your tips and tricks and i'm looking forward to maybe one day uh shooting an entire movie on meditation or yoga and uh we'll find the best <laughs> lit places we'll do the best audio and maybe we'll yeah be why not Netflix why not <laughs> do, do, go, go big, big. go big, big. <laughs> 
I, I would, yeah, I was always planning to do some kind of a documentary on yoga meditation, like, yeah, because there's not enough of those kind of yeah. films on, like, even Netflix or, yeah, it's something, something to plan. So I greatly appreciate your talk. I'm going to do my, do my best to share it. And uh, I, I know in mind already a few people that might <clears throat> truly benefit if I suggest to listen to this because, yeah, they've been trying and they've been struggling with like the quality and stuff. So yeah, I'll pass. I'll pass it on. And la- last question: do you, uh, My do you Japanese, speak Japanese. Yes, I do speak Japanese. Um, I grew up in That's Spain. Cool. Japanese father, um, and mm-hmm. uh, I yeah. have to go to Japanese school on Saturdays. That's that's very typical of uh, Japanese of kids of Japanese people abroad. Um, so, but I hate it. So did you hate, did you hate, yeah, you hated science. any kids. <laughs> My kids were playing outside, having fun, oh, going man. to like all these activities and I had to go back to school. So yes, I was not very happy. It, was it, it was, an entire day? No, it was just a few just hours, a few maybe hours. three or four hours, but still it like, but those, yeah, those few hours felt like the entire day. And I had to right? do homework. <laughs> Time uh, went know, it's not just about showing up, but yeah, <clears throat> oh, yeah. I was, yeah. I was not very motivated. Then I did li- live in Japan. I worked in Japan. I used to go to Japan uh, almost every summer. Summer camp, spending time with my cousins there. So yes, I picked up, you know, the language and and some that's, of the culture. That's really cool. Which, yeah, because I. I was always fascinated by by Japanese culture and especially architecture and the way they built their homes and those sliding doors. Ever since I was a kid, I really oh, yeah. a sliding door in my room <laughs> and like sleeping on on the floor, like those just like yeah. super clean bedroom. So like very like traditionally yeah. Japanese. Where, where are you from, Vitaly? Bedrooms. Yeah. Okay. I was born in Kazakhstan, uh, mm-hmm. so it was part of uh, USSR, but I'm Russian, and then we lived in Israel too. And then we came to Canada when I was 12. All right. But yeah, it was nice. It was really nice to get to know you and hopefully we'll do something more together. I would, I would love to do some kind of video production at some point. Yeah, of course. Let's collaborate. Let's do more cool stuff. For sure. All right. I'll I'll let you go. And uh, that was a a really great conversation. I'll do my best to share. Thank you. Appreciate it. Take care. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Bye. Uh,